Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, proudly delivering healthcare services across Iowa, specializing in mental health, substance use disorder treatment, and medical care with a special focus on LGBTQIA plus healthcare. More at ucsonline.org. It's Friday, December 30th, 2022. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. The fire at Marengo's C60 facility may be out, but there's still some question over who will pay damages and for the cleanup. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith reports. It's been half a month since the explosion, fire, and evacuation of Marengo, and local officials say C60's $50,000 insurance policy for the facility may not cover it. Marengo Police Chief Ben Gray says it wouldn't have been sufficient to take care of a moderate cleanup, let alone a large cleanup involving 25 fire departments and other agencies. And I will say I was kind of surprised, you know, for instance, the total amount of monies available from the insurance company for the emergency response was only $50,000. This is a million dollar building plus that only has $50,000 worth of emergency response uh, monies. That seems under the value that it should be. Emergency responders alone estimate $60,000 in damaged equipment. Friday is the deadline for C60 to submit a plan for cleanup of the site and runoff to the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. In the nearly six months since Iowa launched 988, advocates say call volume to the new easy-to-remember suicide prevention hotline has doubled. Emily Bloom is with Foundation 2 Crisis Services, one of the two nonprofits contracted with the state to run 988 call centers. She says the organizations are starting to work on figuring out how to centralize dispatch for mobile crisis teams statewide and integrate the service with 911 dispatchers. We're just on the front end of this still. And so once we get things up and running a little bit more and do some of those, um, those projects and figure out what we need to do, I think we'll continue to see an increase. Bloom says she's pleased that so far the vast majority of 988 calls have been answered in state and in less than 12 seconds. Just a few months after completing one expansion in Clinton, Nestle Purina Pet Care has announced another. This week, the company said it'll build a warehouse that'll create 15 more jobs. Herb Tricks of WVIK has more. Andy Sokolovich, president and CEO of Grow Clinton, says he helped cut the ribbon in October for the company's $156 million factory expansion. The new project will cost $110 million. Because of the demand for quality pet food, they need some more space to be able to store all their finished products. Um, So they're going to invest in a 90,000-square-foot warehousing facility. In Clinton, Nestle Purina Pet Care produces dry pet food and snacks with 570 employees. And he estimates they boost the local economy by as much as $1 billion. The state of Iowa will provide $1.5 million worth of tax credits and sales tax refunds for the new project. And the city has approved some tax abatement. Another invasive species of carp in North America has established itself in the Mississippi River Basin. Juan Pablo Ramirez Franco reports on what black carp could mean for the river. A new study from the U.S. Geological Survey found that wild populations of the invasive black carp are sustaining themselves in areas of the Mississippi River and its tributaries. Patrick Kroboth is a fish biologist with the USGS and a co-author of the report. 
He says the black carp poses real risk for native mollusks. Because many of North America's mussel species are threatened and endangered, that's obviously a concern. The black carp is a large-bodied species of fish endemic to parts of East Asia. The fish was deliberately brought to the states during the 1970s as pest control for aquatic snails in fish ponds. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about the Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. The federal government spends billions of dollars every year on agriculture research, that is, research that helps advance farming technology. But that funding has fallen by a third over the past two decades. As Dana Cronin reports for Harvest Public Media, that decline has implications for agriculture's ability to adapt to climate change. Gwyn Beatty tugs open the frosty door to her lab's industrial-style freezer, which houses thousands of plant and bacteria samples. It starts beeping angrily at her. And you can't have it open too long or else it beeps at you and says, I don't want to warm up. Beatty is a professor of plant pathology at Iowa State University. She recently received a big grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to study drought resiliency in crops, a subject of increasing importance. There's not a sustainable amount of available um, fresh water for agriculture everywhere in the way we're going. So we really need plants that can thrive with less water. But federal funding for that research is becoming more scarce. According to the USDA, federal funding levels for agriculture research are the same now as they were in the 1970s. Meanwhile, China has surpassed the U.S. in its agriculture research funding. Brazil, a major competitor in ag exports, has also increased its funding. Beth Ford is the CEO of ag giant Land O'Lakes. Speaking at a recent public event, she said she's worried the U.S. is falling behind in preparing for agriculture's stark future. We're going to have less arable land, less available water in the future. We know this. Um, and at the same time, population set to go to nine and a half, ten billion. By 2050, we have to produce more food than the last 5,000 years combined. That should be an eye-opener, she says. But while public funding for ag research has fallen over the past two decades, private funding from companies like Land O'Lakes has shot up. Iowa State University, for example, has seen a 50% increase in company-funded research over just the last two years, and agriculture has been at the forefront of that. Gabrielle Resch McNally does agriculture research with American Farmland Trust. She says relying on corporations for funding could skew the overall research agenda. They're looking for ways that research can develop products, you know, tangible, intangible, that people will spend money on that will increase their base of profit. Research is a public good, she says, and it should mostly be up to the federal government to fund it. I think it's danger to move to a system where the government that, yes, albeit influenced by politics, that it has the public interest in mind more than any other entity and can take a broader view. Research dollars are determined by Congress via the Farm Bill, which is set for reauthorization next year. 
Gordon Merrick is the Policy and Programs Manager with the Organic Farming Research Foundation. He advocates in Washington, D.C. for more ag research funding, which he says can be a tough sell. Agricultural research especially is like slow, it's methodical. There's no crazy cutting edge new way to organically control bindweed that hits the <laughs> hits the airwaves. Earlier this year, the Senate increased the research budgets for agencies including the National Institutes of Health, the National Science Foundation, and the Department of Energy. The USDA, however, saw another budget decrease when accounting for inflation. Iowa State professor Gwyn Beatty says that's a dangerous trend. It's in all of our best interest to have food security. Food security is not only good for food, but it's actually also for political stability and world stability. And the only way to have food security is to have enough knowledge and resources to continue to produce food even in the face of adverse conditions. And when in the era of climate change has the world ever faced such adverse conditions? For Harvest Public Media, I'm Dana Cronin. IPR's Katie Pike has contributed to this report. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, reporting on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. <laughs>